0: Welcome to Ridgewood Talks. Through this podcast, we will be introducing you to some of the leaders and legends in our village. We'll keep you updated about fascinating local events, and we'll dig into the town's hot topics and so much more. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Jeannie Johnson, the founder of Ridgewood Talks and Ridgewood Walks. The goal of these initiatives is to create a kinder, more connected, and more vibrant community. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting this podcast with my good friend and all-around wonderful guy, Jordan Kaufman. We look forward to meeting with you weekly and hearing your thoughts on who and what you'd like to learn about in our beautiful hometown. Enjoy this episode! Hey, Jordan.
1: It's so great to be back with you again on our Rip Roaring podcast, Ridgewood Talks. I'm very excited. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people and our listenership is growing and today's guest is really exciting. It's somebody who is going to help us figure out how to make our environment much more enjoyable. But first I want to talk about you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm enjoying the spring. I think uh, we're all we're all happy to be out of the sixth season for, uh, for those of us with young kids. Who have been coming back with uh you know coughs and runny noses and everything else. We're uh, we're finally starting to see light at the end of the tunnel there. So, you know, nicer weather. Obviously, Bridgewood is always nothing short of gorgeous with all the budding trees and plants and flowers. And so um, it's just I think a really exciting time to be in the town. And as you mentioned, it's an exciting guest to have at that time when we're out, kind of crawling out of our our homes after a little bit of a cold end of the winter. Um, It was a beautiful winter to start with, felt like an Indian summer, and then um, got really cold. And now we're back outside, and that's why our guest today is a perfect guest to really, as we're outside enjoying um, some of the, the natural beauty of Ridgewood, to also talk about how we keep it natural and beautiful. Um, and so with that, Jeannie, I guess, should we introduce who we have? Well, yes. Today? But
1: before we do that, what I want to say is I, I, I was away for a little while and I came back. And normally when I come back in the spring, I'm usually really embarrassed because I'm like, oh my gosh, my yard looks so bad. And now I am so proud that my yard looks so bad. And Michael Faraday, thank you for being on our show. And I want you to tell us why I should be proud that my yard looks so bad.
3: You should be proud because you're actually participating inadvertently in a fun thing. And and many folks in, in the village may have heard of this, which is called no Mow May, which uh, is all about encouraging village residents, businesses, schools to avoid cutting as much lawn as possible through the month of May. And there's a lot of benefits to that. One is, is you, uh, you can water less, right? And so that's pretty cool. You're not using your lawnmower or leaf blower. So less carbon emissions, less pollution. As the grass grows, it flowers actually during the month of May. And so that helps with uh, bees and birds and pollinators, And so it helps the overall um, ecosystem as well. Plus, you might be able to save a little bit of money if you use a landscaper. And so it's a it's a cool project. It's sponsored by the Green Ridgewood team, by the Village of Ridgewood as well. And uh, there's a sign-up on the Village website. And when you sign up, you get a free sign that you can go pick up at the library or at the stable where the Parks Department is. And then even better, if you sign up by May 1st, you get entered into a raffle where you can win a free electric lawnmower. But the thing is, we're not going to give you your lawnmower until June 1st after No Mo May is done.
1: Well, I want you to know that I did officially sign up for this No Mo May initiative and I'm very excited about it. I really am. And my friend, Frank the Bee Guy, he's really the one that convinced me to do it because he's all about the bees and we are a bee city. So let me just go into this for one second. Our guest today is Michael Faraday. He has been a resident of Ridgewood for over 20 years. He's raised his family here with his wife, Jennifer. Michael is also so an author. He's written a book called A Step Outside. Um, one of the quotes that I loved in this book was, the end of the journey is your best new self. I love that quote. It's because you take a step outside and you understand the nature and the history of the land around us. So you can get that book on Amazon. Where, where else can they get this book?
3: So you can get it in the village bookstore as well, or you can send me an email and I may even drop off a copy for you.
1: How about that? He might, you might even autograph it. That'd be pretty cool. There you go. So I am so happy that you're here because there are a couple of things that we want to discuss with you. And again, of course, we want to continue on with this No Mo May initiative. I have. A couple of questions about it. I also want you to talk to us about Green Ridgewood and the Green Team. I know that you kind of work in tandem, but you're different organizations that are run through the village of Ridgewood. I also want to touch on some things that showed up in the master plan that those Green Teams and Green Ridgewood are addressing. So first, let me just say this. I don't really know. I don't really understand the whole NOMO May thing. I'm not doing anything. I have, I told my landscapers don't come. I don't want you to do a cleanup. I don't want you to do anything. I don't even want you to turn my sprinklers on until June 1st. Is that the right thing to do?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is the right thing to do. I think the important thing with NOMO May is that it's voluntary um, and people should, you know, do what they can do. And so I've had a lot of folks come to me and say, hey, you know what? Is it is it okay if I just do part of my lawn? And that's absolutely okay. Just put the sign in the part of the lawn that you're, you're doing it in. But uh, a big part of this is letting things go a little bit wild, right? Um, for just a month and, and almost seeing what happens, right? Because you'll start seeing more birds and more bees. And I think the other thing you'll see is you'll see it grow a little wild, right? And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it okay for people to have a bit of a different aesthetic, right? If the Definition of beauty in Ridgewood for the last 80, 90 years has been about this perfectly cut, fertilized, pesticided, perfectly blown lawn, which is problematic, right, from an environmental sustainability standpoint. What if we learn that it's okay to have something that looks a little bit more like a meadow? I would add a couple other things. You know, it's only a month, right? And so some people are worried about rabbits burrowing or, you know, what about too many bugs? That's not gonna happen in the course of a month. So you'll be okay there uh, as well. Yeah, and so overall, it's a good thing. There is a village ordinance um, where you're not supposed to let your grass grow more than 10 inches. And so we are encouraging people to sign up so we can keep track of the different properties that are doing it. And so the registration is important. Plus, you get the free sign and plus you get entered into the raffle, too.
1: And plus, you get the pride of doing something good for our community. You know, those pollinators are very, very important to our way of life. Um, So there's another initiative I know that you're involved with. Is this No Mo May thing part of the 1000 Acre Project, too?
3: Sure. Yeah. And so we had a project where as part of Green Ridgewood, we introduced it last year, which is called Project 1000 Acres. And this is kind of a larger multi-year project. If you think of Ridgewood, Ridgewood has about 3,500 acres total uh, in the town. And so we had an idea. What if we got 1000 of those acres managed and cared for much more sustainably? And so um, we did our research and we came up with 10 different ideas of things you could do to treat your property much more sustainably. And again, when we say property, it's not just residences, it's businesses, it's the schools, it's the churches, it's the parks. And so these 10 ideas um, range everything from, you know, use electric lawn equipment to planting a tree to, you know, reducing the amount of lawn and planting native plants, removing invasives, you know, only organic fertilizers, composting, watering the right way, all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, we created a website where you can see the 10 ideas. You can get resources to learn how to do these 10 things. And then even better, you can register your property. So there's an interactive map where you can click on your property. We've mapped out every single property in in the village. And uh, and then you can answer which of the 10 things you're committing to do. And if you commit to five of the 10, uh, you'll get a certificate that your property is certified sustainable by Green Ridgewood. And so, again, it's a resource for the town that we've created, but also kind of fun and that you can, you know, you can work to try to get this uh, sustainability certificate.
1: That's amazing. You know, thank you so much for for doing all of that work. Um, who else is on the team with you that created all of these initiatives?
3: Sure. So, um, so the Green Ridgewood team is one of the subcommittees of the Village Council. So you may be familiar with the Shade Tree Commission or the Planning Board. Those are all subcommittees just like Green Ridgewood is. And the purpose of Green Ridgewood is to basically have a group of residents that come together and advise the village council and the town on um, on environmental issues, right? Everything from, you know, new ideas around recycling to how are we dealing with, you know, right, the issues around flooding to some of these landscaping ideas as well to porting you know, more electric vehicles and electric um, equipment. And so that group, it's about 10 folks. It's led by a guy named David uh, Refkin, who's a village resident, And we have a member of the village government on the committee. We interact very closely with the members members of the village government. And then we also have Pam Perrone from the town council, who's the town council liaison on the committee as well. And what the committee is doing is now that we have the approved Ridgewood master plan, which you can find on the village website, uh, this committee is looking at different elements of that recommended future master plan and trying to help the village figure out ways to implement New projects. Right. And so whether that's uh, new recycling ideas. Right. Or new ways of dealing with flooding or, you know, more trees. Right. And re-landscaping. It's all that kind of good stuff.
1: So I want to talk about the sprinkling system because we just got that new automated sprinkling situation where, you know, you just set it and forget it. But it turns out that's actually not such a great thing. So can you help me with that a little bit?
3: Yes. And so um, there's a, for the automatic sprinkling, right? I think there's there's two different ways. One is people, a lot of people have the in-ground sprinkler systems um, and you could set the times when you're watering yourself. And depending if you have an odd or even a street number, there's rules around that. And right at the beginning of the season, you want to set up your sprinkler system according to that. And usually you, you get two days a week and you have to water at night right? And so the water doesn't evaporate as quickly. And all of that can be found on the Ridgewood water website. You can access that website also through the village of Ridgewood. And I encourage you to go to the Ridgewood water website because um, you'll find new details about exact times you can water and things like that. So that's the first way to do it. And that's how I do it. There are other sprinkler systems which have rain sensors. And if you have a sprinkler system with a rain sensor, You don't have to adhere to the, you know, to that very strict only two days a week. You can water when it's not raining because you'll automatically have it set up so that you won't be over uh, watering as well. For that, you need to fill out a form and send the form in. But again, it's on the um, all on the village website. I would just call out that the water usage rely on the 52 wells of uh, Ridgewood Water. Water usage goes way up beginning right around now, right, early May and running all the way through August. And that's really bad for the overall system. And so it really helps if you adhere to those uh, water guidance.
1: So the sprinkler system that we have is the one that has the sensors in it. Yes. And so there were some people at a village council meeting and they were saying that we're actually consuming more water than we should. So I don't know how to rectify that. Am I still okay using that program?
3: Yeah, you, you are. I mean, so the, there are two different programs. I think the best program is to just do the two days. This is, again, this is my personal inclination. Just do the two days a week and not to rely on the water sensor because you will water a little bit more with that water sensor. Um,
2: yeah,
1: so I might have to move back to that. Um, so let's talk some more about some of the things that you're going to be doing with the master plan because it's really important. We had Diane O'Brien on the show a few weeks back, and she talked about some of the elements of the master plan.
2: This is something I think every committee should really be doing. This is something we did on the CBDAC is looking at the master plan and trying to see where the overlap is. Because the sure. master plan, right, the overlap in our own visions as well as what, you know, paid consultants came in, looked at our situation, heard from the voices of both residents, stakeholders, uh, you know, parts of our government, and made an assessment on what we should focus on over the next decade or so. And obviously, when it comes to the environment, that's super important, because the investments now will pay dividends later. And so the fact that you guys Took the time, went through and looked for those overlaps, I think is very encouraging. And also the fact that you're incorporating students from the school and programs in the school into all this is also key because if we don't instill some of these values in the next generation, then all of our efforts are probably going to be squandered uh, in the next round. So looking at some of these things that you have on your website, you did a great job boiling it down not only to what the main theme is, but also uh, some of the actions and recommendations that are made. What are some of the things that uh, came to your mind? I think what Jeannie was talking about before is when we met with Diana from the planning board, she mentioned a lot of concern over flood risk in Ridgewood. And the fact that that's becoming a bigger concern with climate change, just the responses we're seeing from rainfall and the way it's become a little bit more torrential uh versus even doubt. So that was something that that we picked up when we were reviewing yeah. some of the things that you highlighted, but what are some of the things that you find that are really yeah. important here that you'd like our listeners uh you know to have a little bit more cognizance about?
3: Yeah, I you know, I mean I could call out a couple couple things. So we have subcommittees, you know, that are dealing with all this. So the um the head of Green Ridge with David Refkin and Pamperona now both on the planning board so that the planning board has folks from Green Ridgewood on it. Um, And so I think they would be the best people to talk to about that. There are all sorts of issues around the flooding. You know, some of the things we're trying to do is right, you know the added tree plantings, right? the believe it or not, permeable surfaces um, are absolutely critical, and so we're just really getting started on coming up with ideas, I think in the area of flooding, and you know there's actually different commissions that are that are dealing with that. You know, you mentioned the high school, I was able to participate in the high school Earth day. Uh, you know, I was able to talk to a lot of the juniors and seniors there, and they are much more interested in this than many of the parents are. And we had a funny conversation. I had a conversation that came up multiple times. We were giving away free native wildflower seeds and they kept asking, wait, what do I have to do? And I kept saying, well, all you have to do is find a little piece of dirt, right? And put the seeds in the dirt. They're like, do you have to water it? I said, actually, no, they're native. It's the non-native things that you have to, you know, it's almost like the basics of, you know, how things work in the natural environment that they just need to learn. And so, yeah. And so there's a lot of opportunity. The only thing I would call out, and you may have already talked, talked about this on your podcast, is we have an amazing recycling department. I don't know if you've seen the new Styrofoam recycler. Have you guys seen this device?
1: No, so, I have not.
3: Ridgewood is the first town in the county that leaned in and, you know, by the way, kudos to Sean Hamlin, who runs the recycling department. He leaned in and he was able to acquire a styrofoam densifier where uh, you can bring your styrofoam right to the uh, recycling center uh, and they will take it and they reduce it to a it, it's almost like it almost becomes uh, densified into like the size of a piece of wood. And so we now have a way to recycle styrofoam, which we never had before and we're the first town to do it. Even better, given that we have capacity, we're actually selling some of that capacity to other towns to offset the cost. So it's a really good uh, financial play too uh, for the town. But in the past, we were having these styrofoam drives and we would have to send huge trucks because styrofoam takes up so much space because it's so light but so big at the same time. But now when you densify, you can take that uh, densified styrofoam and it can be used almost like wood, you know, in things like picture frames, things like that. And so it's that's like amazing. Yeah. That's
1: one of the yeah. other things that I really loved at the Daffodil Festival. Um, the engagement from all of the school kids from the elementary school, middle school and high schoolers. And they were actually more informative. They gave me more information because they were speaking in a language that I could understand. But there were a lot of professionals there from some of the recycling plants where we actually take our recycling in Ridgewood. And that was interesting. So I think that one of the saddest things that I learned is that everything that we want to recycle cannot be recycled because there just simply isn't a market for it. But it is it's extremely important for us to read the information from the recycling department of what can and cannot be recycled in our town, because that it adds an added cost to the village if we aren't-,
3: we aren't doing it. People don't realize there are all sorts of groups in town that do things. So, you know, the Daffodil Festival, the idea came from the Conservancy uh, for Ridgewood Public Lands. I, I have a feeling a lot of people don't aren't even aware that we have a whole group of people that raises money each year, not just for the Daffodil Festival, right? They lead it, they run it, but also they go into municipal land. So different parks, right? And different areas. And they actually create gardens, right? At their own expense for the people of Ridgewood. And it's so it's this, it's this really neat group. It's led by um, Cynthia Hallaby. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to get involved that group and the women's gardeners of Ridgewood, another group, They do a lot of things voluntarily to help defray the costs of making the town beautiful.
1: And let me just point out that the areas that they work on is that beautiful area around Venice Square, um, the area around the train station, and the most beautiful area is the sensory garden over behind the stable. If listeners, if you haven't been down there, you are missing out. It's unbelievable plantings that just went crazy. I, I spoke to Cynthia. She she does a Ridgewood walks tour every year for us. And it's delightful because she teaches us all of the plants that are back there are indigenous. And she was really surprised that they grew so quickly. Um, so it's a beautiful environment back there. It used to be, for those of you who don't know, it was actually a working farm. So the soil is very fertile back there. So it's it's beautifully done. And it is, there's a lot of things for kids to interact with back there, including birds and butterflies and other things. So go over behind the stable and check that out. And again, I want to do give a shout out to, again to Cynthia Hallaby because she pours her whole heart and soul into that, as does Parks and Rec director Nancy Bego. You know, she is just terrific and she really works hard to make our park lands here in Ridgewood, usable and very attractive. I want to say that too about the woman gardeners of Ridgewood. They work tirelessly all year long, you know, and they are the ones that put out the the boxes at Christmas time and they make our park look really nice. So we are so lucky to have people like you, Michael, that volunteer your time along with the, all the people in the green team and green Ridgewood. And like we said, the conservancy and while well, Jordan, you too, you give a lot of your time too, buddy. Oh, those-
2: no, no, ma- no matter what, I think we all uh, on this podcast, we certainly shout out the volunteers of Ridgewood because as we've said many times, Jeannie, you know, without the volunteers, this town would not operate the same way. We would all have nothing short of complete shock over our face if the volunteers all you know picked up and stopped what they were doing, we wouldn't even recognize where we were. Uh, That's how much volunteers make this town go around.
1: And and with that, I want to say, for those of you younger listeners out there, step up because I'm old. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to have somebody, you know, come in and take over some of the roles that I'm doing. Michael, I don't know how you feel about it, but you're empty nesting now. So, you know, it'd be great to have some more people on the green team too, right?
3: Yes. And so, so there's Green Ridgewood and the green team, and I'll explain those in a second, but we're opening those up for more membership. So for people who want to get involved, there is a structure that you can, you know, join in with other residents. People on the committees are pretty cool and action-oriented, and so you can decide how much um, that you want to do. It might be helpful if I just explain the difference between Green Ridgewood and the Green Team.
1: Absolutely, go ahead. So,
3: so Green Ridgewood is almost like an environmental commission, right? Um, supporting the town and and um, you know, advising on projects. And Jordan, I think you said it exactly right what if what's the overlap between the intent, for example, of the Ridgewood master plan right, and things that we need to do better from an environmental standpoint, right? So like we need to treat our open spaces better and remediate these things, and you know there's a tremendous amount of overlap, and that's where Green Ridgewood is focused uh the green team is actually totally linked with Green Ridgewood right, and so we actually we all participate in the same big meeting together, but what the green team does is something slightly different. Um, we're much more focused on projects like Project One Thousand Acres or No Mo May or or things like that that all fall under the um, larger sustainable Sustainable Jersey certification. So there's an organization called Sustainable Jersey, um, and it's a very well funded organization. They give out grant money, and what they have is they have a program where you can get your town certified, either bronze certified or silver certified, if you take action. In a whole bunch of different uh, potential categories and so there's i think 15 different categories and there's over 300 different projects or actions that you could do and it's pretty cool stuff because it is linked to potentially to potential added funding you know which we can use to the betterment of the village and help support uh, the the village government Um, we're actually in the midst of a whole certification process right now and that's what the green team is more focused on so we're going after some grants and we're going uh, for some you know for Ideally, we want to get silver certified. I think we're pretty guaranteed to get at least bronze certified uh, in this round.
1: Congratulations. And thank you again for all of the effort that you put into it. And along with your fellow committee members, because I know it it really, it takes everyone to make these things happen. Thanks to everybody on the, on the green team and, and Green Ridgewood who are working toward this. And it's really helpful for our community. Absolutely. We get to be leaders in the state. It's very exciting.
3: It's great.
2: I think that what some of the things that we're talking about here, unfortunately, can't be digested and, and fully captured in a in a short podcast. But one of the things we really did want to touch on, and I know we talked about this a little bit uh, or more than a little bit, but we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I think it's probably the right way to end it, which is really no may is one of the things which motivated us to squeeze this into the calendars. I know, you know, a number of us had had some meetings in between. And so we really think this is an important initiative to talk about as right now we're we're really at the end of April. I know Jeannie works her best to to turn these around uh, as quickly as she can from a production time standpoint. And so we want to be able to get this out in time for people to appreciate what this practice is about. So, Michael, if you can just, you know, as we start to wrap up, just maybe recap a little bit about No Mo May, what it's all about, why everyone should be on board, and why as we drive down the street and we see, you know, long lawns and everything else, uh, you know, as we get uh, past Memorial Day, why that should actually fill us with a sense of pride and joy for our community. And I'll, I'll let you take it from there.
3: Right. You know, You know. as we said, No Mo May is all about not cutting your lawn during the month of May so that the lawn flowers, which supports pollinators like uh, bees and birds. But even more importantly, you get to use less water. You're not running power equipment, so there's less carbon emissions, less pollution. Yeah, and believe it or not, it can still look great, you know, even though it's not cut. Um, The registration, you just go on the village website and you'll see how easy it is to register. And when you register, you get a sign and a chance to win an electric uh, lawnmower as well. And I think a big part of this is us learning how to kind of live with you know things that aren't uh, perfectly trimmed and cut, but maybe a little bit more natural and wild um, over the course of time. So,
1: and I also want to remind everyone, planting season. So go out there and get those indigenous plants. They don't use up as much water, and it'll be really fun for you to see what they are. What what is? Um, natural to New Jersey. It's very exciting. Uh, Thank you again so much for being here with us. And listeners, I do want to remind you all to go out and purchase the book, A Step Outside. Um, You know, of course, I would love for you to go ahead and get it at bookends if it's there. And Michael, I'm sure you will, if you see anyone, you will go ahead and you will autograph all their copies of this. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you for everything that you do.
2: Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much, Michael. Take care.